love that jingle. You are listening to Sam Peck on Riverside Radio. It's been about two weeks since I've been on the air and we have got a absolute action-packed show for you today. We've got one part of Medusa who are currently in the top 10 charts. I think they had a number one a few weeks ago, so it's going to be a massive show. But before that, mainly because I need to do a little bit of running around because I have not officially planned everything. I am going to play one of my absolute favorite bangers at the moment. This is Fisher, You Little Beauty, and it is just an awesome tune. Let's go. So we now go on to the main event whilst I've done some absolute like light speed work really in the background. Um, I'm happy to introduce the interview with Nathan C who's, who actually produced Medusa's Peace of My Heart which will come on later in the show. Uh, but this is Nathan C. Uh, Nathan, for the listeners, can you just kind of introduce yourself a little bit? Yeah, uh, my name's Nathan C. I'm a DJ producer um, and remixer, engineer, yeah type of guy <laughs> yeah. we're currently set in your Earlsfield studio yeah so like how often or like how much of uh, the week will you be producing music um, like Monday to Friday basically that's uh, that's that's what I do and then obviously at the weekends I'm, I'm out DJing or on the radio uh, DJing so yeah and uh, when you say you're like DJing the clubs and stuff is it tiring DJing itself isn't tiring. I mean, it can be if you're doing like a five-hour set or a, or longer. But um, these days, I generally play for sort of two hours. That's that's like great fun. It's I wouldn't say it's tiring, no. But the travelling can be tiring, yeah, for sure. And like, what about the kind of two a.m. sets and stuff like that? Does that get a bit tricky? Yeah, it can do actually. I tend to find I get tired out like at the beginning of the week, so. Um, I was gigging last weekend, um, late nights on on doing gigs and like on the radio. And then when you try and get back into that nine to five routine of in the studio, early morning, it's it's quite difficult. Yeah, for sure. So, uh, you've had support from DJs like Kygo, Martin Garrix, Hardwell, Tiesto. David Guetta, which you put as just Guetta, which I thought <laughs> I like, yeah. Uh, Nicky Romero, Thomas Gold, Kreider, like these are huge names. What kind of support are they giving you? Um, just like plays on their radio shows, plays in their sets, uh, in, in, in clubs. Uh, some of them chatted to uh, various times on a kind of email level and, you know, you, you get feedback and advice from, from, from them, so... Yeah, all, all across the board, really. Have you got an example of like someone big and what they said to you, what kind of advice they gave you? Um, yeah, I mean, a lot of it's kind of just track feedback and specifics about 
elements in tracks that they like or you might send uh, send them a tr- I think I, I mean this is going back a few years now but I was sending a few tracks back and forth to Quida for example and he was like uh, oh yeah you know like I really like your drop that you've got on this this track but I'm not sure about the breakdown so then I went back and like changed the track and because I think I was trying to get a release on his label at the time. Didn't work out in in that particular instance. Um, but yeah, that that was the, the type of example. So. so you mentioned a key term in dance music there, which is the drop. <laughs> For people who don't listen to dance music, because a lot of our listeners, you know, that they're acoustic kind of types. Yeah. Um, why is the drop so important in dance music? It's just it's like the it's the climax of everything that you work towards in terms of so say you're you know in a dj set you're you're hyping or you're building the crowd up to that point where it's just like that release of of uh the peak in the track and uh yeah it's just like the 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 main the the fun part yeah when when everyone goes nuts essentially yeah yeah. so out of your songs Mm -hmm. what song do you think has got one of the best drops Oh, good question. Um, one, so I did a remix. Well, it was actually a bootleg remix uh, of Ed Sheeran's track a couple of years ago, "Shape of You," um, and I always, I was like, yeah, that the drop that I did was sick. So, and it's getting, it still gets played like all the time. I saw Sagala was playing it last weekend in um, one of his shows in South Korea and like in America and stuff, and it was just going going off. So that was pretty sick. He's remixing like quite well-known songs like a good way of getting your music out there yeah is that like the best way of doing it or yeah it's it kind of it's not the be all and end all but it is a good route into um developing your brand as an artist uh particularly for younger uh, producers who are coming into the scene and want to make a name for themselves um ultimately though it's the original music that's gonna get you a lot further I want to hear this Ed Sheeran track. Should we give it a whirl? Yeah, let's do it. All right, let's so. What a banger. Absolutely loved it. You're listening to This Is Riverside Radio. Uh, Switch on Southwest London. We've been told to say that more often because that's our catchphrase. Uh, You're joined live with Nathan C, DJ producer extraordinaire. So, Nathan, you've done an official remix of Snoop Dogg, uh, with Snoop Dogg, and ultimately he's an icon. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the, the song you remixed was Slow Motion, and was that in 2012? Yes. Yeah. yeah. So like, how did the official remix come about? Um, it was a record that was released on Strictly Rhythm at the time, which is a well-known dance label, and I was working with a guy who was working at 
strict or he was doing some sort of like work for Strictly Rhythm and he was like we've got this Snoop Dogg record and we need like an electro house type of remix do you want to do it and I was like well Snoop Dogg how much are you paying me and yes I'll do it <laughs> <laughs> did you get to meet the dog uh, unfortunately not no uh. <laughs> <laughs> so when you do an official remix do they send over parts mm -hmm. or how does it work yeah you get sent stems um, sometimes it'll just be the vocal other times it will be um, you know all the like drums and synths but uh, usually when I'm doing a remix I just work from the vocal and do all my instrumentation uh, the way I would, I would normally do it yeah are you particularly proud of that song yeah definitely like to be associated with Snoop Dogg for sure did you find that after working with Snoop Dogg and, and on that track did you find people started to take you more seriously or, or did it have a particularly profound impact on your career? Um, I wouldn't say in that instance particularly, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I don't think it was like a massive, massive record in terms of radio and chart success. So, um, But, uh, you know, obviously there's been other ones where, uh, you know, it's a, it's a top ten record and I've remixed it and people then hear your remix on the radio and you get more kind of um uh, what's the word yeah that kind of recognition uh, or... yeah recognition and an extra kind of work off the back of that should we hear it yeah yeah absolutely yeah. so back to back tracks stick around you're listening to sam peck and nathan c on riverside radio so slight lie here um didn't have the actual track couldn't find it sorry nathan uh so we are going to play some dr dre uh, and here it is. This is still Dre. What a banger. Still Snoop Dogg and D.I. Guess who's back? And I hope you're ready for some adverts. Let's go. Oh, it's nice to see you again after all these years. Yes, same here. I was so pleased to see the invite to a reunion. The thing is, I didn't even recognise you. You look younger than you did ten years ago. It's all down to Ten Dental Facial. They do fillers, anti-wrinkle treatments, lip enhancements, chemical skin pills and lots more. Wish I could look as amazing as you do. You can. Why don't you pop into Ten Dental for a free consultation? They have branches in Clapham, Ballam and Wandsworth Common. I already have. I went for a free consultation and I've already booked some treatments. They were so friendly and professional and it's good to know they're accredited by Safeface. I can't wait to see you at the next reunion. You can find 10 Dental online at 10dental.com and at Clapham Old Town, Ballam High Road, Trinity Road, Wandsworth Common and our new branch at 154 Clapham High Street. Looking amazing for your age is worth every penny. So we now continue with the main event. We've got Nathan C in the studio. You're listening to This Is Riverside Radio, Switch on Southwest London. Let's continue with the interview. Also remixed for the likes of Chase and Status, Example, Crystal Fighters, Snoop Dogg, as we just heard, Lily Allen, DJ Fresh, Wretch 3-2, Baker Matt, Craig David, Bastille, the list goes on. Mm -hmm. What's been one of your favourite projects? Um, favourite remix, favourite remix. Um, the Craig David one actually was really cool. I really enjoyed making that one. It started off actually as a bootleg remix, so... 
uh, for people who aren't aware of the term, it's like an unofficial version where you're not actually asked to do it, but I did it off my own back because I like the original record. So I did that and then sent it around to a few DJs, a few radio stations picked up on it, and um, there was enough good feedback that my manager then played it to Craig Davies' record label and they were like, yeah, we like this. Uh, and and then obviously they they picked it up and released it officially, so that's always same thing actually happened with the Chase and Status one. Really? Yeah. So yeah. it started off as kind of like you just going, I think this is a bit of a tune, and then exactly they picked up on it. Yeah, yeah. So when you're sending your music around, do you get a lot of no's, or is it like is there a lot of rejection involved with? Like putting your music out there, mate. That is an understatement. Like <laughs> the music industry is like ninety nine percent no, 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 no. It's yeah. There's there's a small percentage of stuff that actually gets through. If you had a look through my iTunes now, there's literally thousands and thousands of songs that I've made that will never ever see the light of day. And it's there's a I suppose there's a finite amount of time that people can actually listen to music anyway but there's just so much competition uh bloody bloody blah, blah, blah the rejection is like a huge 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 part of the industry how do you cope with it uh, you just have to have a thick skin <laughs> uh when i when i was younger i probably didn't you know you, when you start making music you think you're the best thing since sliced bread and you're the only one making these tunes and that your tunes are just amazing and then after a few years you realize the tunes you were making a few years ago were actually crap uh and and you just keep progressing and learning like that um yeah so uh but yeah you've just got you just got to have such a thick skin basically yeah is it kind of like the thickest skin will win in that sounded so cheesy i really didn't mean it sounded <laughs> that cheesy but i mean like other people that you see who are super successful like mm. the Guettas and people like that yeah. have they essentially just been around and kind of just been fighting through or do you think that they are super talented it's a mixture of both definitely um i think yeah definitely you've got to be in it for the long haul if and you've got to, you've got to be in it for the love of it uh, at the very fundamental level if you don't love it then don't do it um, I love making music. I will always make music till the day I die, whether people say yes or no. no. Simple as. So uh, that's that's kind of if you boil it down to it, it's fundamentals. Yeah. So to move away from the negative side of things, what was one of your favourite yeses? Was it the Craig David's bootleg being approved, or, or what was one of your finest or favourite achievements? Good question. Good question. Um, I mean, sorry for throwing them out. Yeah, no, sorry no, about no, it. it's good, it's good. Uh, favorite yeses, I suppose. Actually, the I, I did a co-write on um, a record called Peace Your Heart" by an artist called Medusa, and it was a very organic process. Oh, such a cliched word, actually. Organic. <laughs> yeah. I, I, now I'm the one using it. <laughs> yeah. uh, but it, it generally was. It came about so unexpectedly, so quickly. Didn't actually think anything of it when we did it. And um, it was all very easy, but every single record label wanted to sign it, and it was a very exciting period of time. Because um, Medusa's currently in the charts, or is it going to mm. be like? Are we waiting for the numbers to come out? Because 
or how does it work like, yeah, with I mean, chart music? Basically, we were last week we were number four in the official UK top forty, um, <laughs> which is pretty amazing. Um, certainly, the most successful record I've been involved in um, in my career to date. And uh, yeah, we've I mean number one on Shazam, number one on Spotify, number one on, on iTunes. So, but now it's just that official chart whether we'll get like I think we were number two in the midweeks. Um, so whether we get number one, it's in the hands of the gods now. Because yeah. not gonna lie, coming to this interview, I actually didn't know <laughs> <laughs> that you were on that song, and I found that on like one of the Spotify charts. Yeah, and I was like, oh, it's a bit of a naughty banger. I love it. Um, why do you think it's resonating so well? It's a it's a great song. It has four or five really strong hooks in it. Um, it's very simple. People can sing along to it. It's so simple because that's what. No offense. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not necessarily offensive to say a song no, simple, no, no. isn't it? That's but a compliment. It, yeah, it's just great music. Because I was listening to it, being like, "God, what a banger!" You know, yeah, like you yeah. just immediately go. I connect with this song. Yeah. So do you think simplicity is key? Yeah, I think that's a large part to do with it. Also with this particular record, I think it's timing as well. Uh, Just where dance music is at at the moment, no one's really been releasing records like that for a a little while. Um, And I think it's come out at an opportune kind of moment. uh, And that's why it's resonated also. Well, I'm absolutely desperate to hear it because I've actually listened to it on the way to the studio, which is true. <laughs> Didn't realise that. Uh, so this is Medusa and Good Boys, Peace of Your Heart. Let's go. Show me a piece of your heart, a piece of your love. I'm calling you up to get down, down, down. The way that we touch is never enough. Turning you up to get down, down Show me a piece of your heart A piece of your love I'm calling you up to get down, down, down The way that we touch Is never enough Just such a simple banger And we are actually in the studio With the producer Right now, it's Nathan C He's part of the uh, Medusa Group I'm, part, I'm part of like the writing team that wrote the song. Medusa's like these Italian guys, um, but yes, I sort of helped bring it all together. Yeah. And just before the song as well, um, you mentioned that it came out at a good time. Mm-hmm. Uh, dance music's doing amazingly. Mm-hmm. Uh, just one stat: uh, in 2017, EDM, <laughs> the label. Uh, was estimated to be worth $7.4 billion. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's worldwide. What, why do you think the genre has become so successful in the last couple of years? Uh, I think it's like the breakthrough of dance music in America, which up until, well, where were we? Probably 2010, 2011, you just didn't get dance music on American radio, and it was like a almost like a no-no. And then the whole EDM sound came along, Swedish House Mafia, David Guetta, um, and various other influential names, and they cracked it, and they got dance music on, on Top 40 Radio on, on, in America, and the American market is just so huge that it just opened uh, the floodgates for, for that to happen. Yeah. How, so, like, some music fans don't necessarily like the term EDM. Mm-hmm. What do you think of the term EDM? Yeah, it's... it's uh, it's a bit of a naughty word now. Um, 
it does. Naughty. Uh, <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> yeah, it does accurately reflect uh, dance music or electronic dance music as a whole. Um, but it will always be associated with that <laughs> kind of cheesy, hard-hitting yeah. sound that was prevalent in like 2013 and 2014. Like that Skrillex. Almost. That's why when I think of EDM, it's almost Skrillex that comes to mind. Yeah. But, I, but I know that it's not even Skrillex because that's Every, like dubstepy stuff, yeah, isn't it? Yeah. I think Brostep when I think of EDM, which is okay. Yeah. Everyone's what do got, you think of? When everyone's you think got their of, own interpretation, but I would, I would, EDM to me is like, um, like that hard world kind of like those heavy kicks, like doom, doom, yeah, almost space, tonal space kicks. man. Yeah, 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 exactly. Um, for, you know, Martin Garrix, all that stuff, but. I mean, it's just words, really, isn't it? Yeah. It's got different meanings to different people. I, but I think EDM will be a term that will be used for a long period of time now and as music changes and develops. Um, yeah, maybe, maybe we'll stop using the term EDM. I don't know. Yeah. Do you think it might go back to just saying that's a house record or that's dubstep or drum and yeah. bass? Yeah, I suppose it has now to a point because house music is like the antidote to the EDM sound. And house music, tech house, whatever you want to call it, is huge now as a as the main sort of dance music genre. Um, so yeah, it certainly feels like people may be referring to it more as house music now. Yeah, and um, one of your tracks is kind of doing as well as well. We've just spoken about the Medusa track that you're mm. helping with, um, but your remix of Bastille Quarter Past Midnight mm. on Spotify that currently has three quarters of a million plays. Uh, again, why do you think? that song's done well uh i don't know (laughs) it seemed to just yeah like the algorithm on spotify just seemed to pick it up (laughs) oh right so i mean that's without going into too much technical detail that's basically how music is um it's like the virality of music platforms like spotify are able to pick up on that really well and that's how the gatekeepers of the music industry judge music it's all on numbers it took us a month to get half a million streams on the Medusa record. Now we're doing a million streams per day. On and Medusa, yeah, it's yeah, yeah. a million per day. Per day, but for a whole month, it took it took the whole month just to get to half a million. But they needed that data that decided whether people liked the record or not to then decide whether to put it on the bigger playlist or not. And that's kind of how it works in a very simple yeah. way of explaining it. How do you get the first? Hundred thousand plays though, because that's sh- like is that the hardest part or yeah? How do you do it? How do you like? Wh- why do you think you've been able to do it? Um, that made me sound really desperate. I'm not desperate though. <laughs> <You're> like, How? <laughs> why? Who? <laughs> I think. Um, how do you get your first hundred thousand plays? I mean, there is a bit of a system in place. Spotify has things like New Music Friday, and that's the entry level um, for a lot of new music in terms of the public picking up so the people that really like listening to the first release like before ever anyone else has heard it they all follow the new music friday playlist um so for most artists when they're releasing a record if you can get on the new music friday that's like really good because it means spotify are supporting your record and it gives you the best chance possible for the tastemakers of the public to pick up on it and and hopefully that's then your springboard for getting the bigger playlists that have got the huge followings, you know? So essentially, if you guys out there are listening to New Music Friday playlist, 
Nathan C's just made it said that you're a tastemaker. That's a compliment. Yeah. yeah, you you guys are doing all right out there. If you're not, you know, shake a leg. Come on. Um, so should we hear your remix of Bastille? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Do you want to introduce it? Yeah. This is Bastille, quarter past midnight, and the Nathan C remix. Let's go. It's a quarter past midnight as we cut through the city. Yeah, 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 the streets are getting restless, good times, bad decisions. Yeah, yeah, it's a quarter past midnight and the sirens are mending some hearts. We the losers on the vaccine. That was Nathan C's remix of Bastille's Quarter Past Midnight, which has three quarters of a million plays, so minor link minor <laughs> um but essentially we're joined by nathan c you're listening to riverside radio uh switch on southwest london as i've been told to say again uh just a quick one to kind of take it back so we've spoken about a lot of the successes and a lot of the successes of the industry that you've been in but you grew up in jersey is that right yeah so uh, um i grew up in the uk like early formative years and then in my teens uh, we moved to Jersey which is where my mum's side of the family are from yeah so is that kind of small island Balearic vibe where <laughs> you got your inspiration to get into dance music or I don't know if you could call it a Balearic vibe in Jersey necessarily <laughs> potato but... Balearic <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah exactly um, but it was certainly where my interest in music making and DJing uh, took off so I managed to land a work experience job at a recording studio in Jersey Uh, I was about 15, 16 and uh, it was run by a guy called Mark Mitchell who's uh, like a progressive house or was a progressive house producer at the time Um, and there was a bunch of studios there loads of producers and DJs making like drum and bass house all sorts of stuff and uh, they, they invited me down gave me the work experience job and put me in front of a computer for three weeks and with a uh, copy of Reason, which is like music-making software. And they said, just make music. If you've got any questions, just ask us. Uh, make the tea like every few hours. Um, help out with a few like random kind of bits. But predominantly, I got to make music for three weeks. And I was just like, this is amazing. Uh, end of the three weeks, I'd made like four tracks. Uh, and they like mastered them for me, gave me a little CD at the end of the few weeks. That's nice. <laughs> Very nice of them. <laughs> and I was just like, this is what I want to do for the rest of my life. That was the moment when I I was like, this is amazing. And they taught me how to DJ as well. So they had a pair of decks, Technics 1210s back in the day. So I, was, I learned on, on vinyl. And um, no CDJs. No CDJs then. Uh, but yeah, I came away from the studio with this, um, this CD with four of my tracks on. And I was like, right, I've got to start sending my music out now. So I've always been quite motivated or entrepreneurial or whatever you want to call it. So I started sending my CD around any magazines I could find with contact details for record labels, you know, radio DJs, all sorts of stuff. I was just sending them my CD, sending them my CD. And um, I was, uh, I remember getting home from school one day. We were actually living at my grandma's house at the time. And my grandma was was like, uh, yeah, someone from Radio One call, was left a message for you. They want to speak to you, and I was like, 
no way that's that's what, and she and she told them like that he was at school and they were like oh right okay <laughs> yeah and i called them back and they were like yeah we want to feature you on our i think back then it was called one music but you know like bbc introducing yeah uh it was the equivalent of that but back in like 2002 or whatever it was um so i got featured on their website and pete tong like reviewed my music and i was what? just like this is amazing so and that i had uh yeah, like, I remember there was another time a record label called up my parents' house and my mum, I got home from school and my mum just found it hilarious that, like, <laughs> it's just this kid, obviously, but labels were already calling up and showing interest in my music, which uh, was amazing. Do yeah. you still have any of the original tracks? Uh, yeah, but I would, uh, I'm not going to play them for you. <laughs> oh, please play one. <laughs> no, they're awful. But Pete they're Tong awful. reviewed it. <laughs> He said, yeah, but he said, like... <laughs> oh, did he say... Oh, God, well, I think he said, oh, this music's very avant-garde. <laughs> <laughs> what, what what kind of music was it, to uh, begin with? I didn't really know what I was doing. I was just putting sounds together that I liked. Some of it was, like, drum and bass, because that's what I was really into at the time. Okay. And then early, kind of, trying to make house music, but not really knowing what I was doing. <laughs> <laughs> All right, if you won't play any of our, your early songs, which song are you going to play for us next? Uh, oh, that's a good question. Um... So I'm in a band as well called LZ7 and um, I've been producing for them for the last three or four years but uh, they asked me to actually join the band in, in a live capacity in towards the end of last year um, and so the first we actually landed the support slot for Jason Derulo on his UK and European What? Tour. Jason Derulo? <laughs> that guy, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so we are finishing off yeah, so we talked with Derulo for like... Um, two or three months around what's he year. like yeah he's a really cool guy is, yeah. is he alright is he yeah. English or is he American no, he's American yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. should know that <laughs> uh, what, what, is he like friendly or, or what's it, how does yeah, he come yeah, across yeah. yeah super friendly like you can't say he's yeah, <laughs> yeah he's, a, he's a right knob no no not at all he's um, no really super cool like very approachable apart from the two like seven foot tall dudes that walk around with him all the time but I bumped into him on the second night in the corridor outside the changing rooms. He was like, yo, bro, like, I heard you guys killed it last night. I'm going to come see your set, like, tonight. Um, so, yeah, he was really cool. Decent. Mm. So which one of those songs are you going to play for us? Well, so probably our most successful single, which was one that I produced, uh, called So Good. So Good. So do you want to introduce it again? Yeah, this is LZ7, and it's called So Good. The way that you move, yeah, it's got my heart racing You aced it, I can't say a word without shaking It feels so good and I can't deny You got me up on a natural high You keep my heart steady When the bass drives heavy Ooh, not gonna move till I'm ready Then it hits me, it hits me You make it feel so good It's out of my head And that was... LZ7 so good and we have been joined today by Nathan C thank you so much for joining us he actually had to go whilst that song was essentially was playing he's a busy man nowadays uh, but thank you so much Nathan what a guest he had some brilliant insights into the music industry as well there um, I'm going to be releasing a slightly longer version of that interview probably a little bit more tidied up as well via the podcast on uh, iTunes it's going to be under shouldn't you be working we're going to go back to that uh, that frame of, uh, of kind of putting the content out there um i hope you've enjoyed the show i've been sam peck and you've been listening with nathan c we're going to go to some news now have a fantastic weekend